0: that new season, I am grateful to God that our theology can best be described as both healthy and balanced. In this church, we adhere to the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, simply stated the term would be biblical orthodoxy. In layman's terms, whatever the Bible calls holy, we call holy. Whatever the Bible calls sin, we call sin. Everything the Bible blesses, we bless. Everything the Bible refuses to bless, we refuse to bless. In one brief yet powerful viral descriptor we recently expressed in this church, we don't lean, we stand. So as it pertains to our current moral, cultural, social, political landscape, what's happening around us in the world, let me tell you what we do not do here. We do not advance Christian conspiracy theories or amplify fear-mongering, which in layman's terms, in this church, we don't freak out. While we do believe that Jesus is coming, and I believe he's coming soon. We don't do Jesus is coming, hide. We do Jesus is coming, shine. I'll do that one more time. We don't do Jesus is coming hide. We do Jesus is coming shine. While we believe he's coming, but while we wait, we don't hide in basements and experience anxiety about aliens and food shortages and upcoming elections and artificial intelligence and Taylor Swift entourage, viruses, or the climate. While we wait, we don't deconstruct our faith, conform to the culture, or permit the world to corrupt us. While we wait, this is called eschatology and missiology. While this church waits, I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. Is he coming? Yes. What do we do until he comes? While we wait, we advance his kingdom. While we wait, we occupy all of his promises. While we wait, we are the head and not the tail. While we wait, we emerge as the most influential people on the planet. While we wait, we fulfill the Great Commission. While we wait, we make disciples. While we wait, we preach the word, whether the world likes it or not. While we wait, we cast out demons. While we wait, we pray for the sick. While we wait, we release healing. While we wait, we bring good news to the poor. While we wait, we fill the earth with truth and love. While we wait, we defeat the giants of our generation. While we wait, we make room for our prodigals to come back home. While we wait, we take back everything hell stole from us. While we wait, we live life abundantly and win the loss for Christ. While we wait, we win. We win while we wait we live the seven h's we live a holy healed healthy happy humble hungry honoring life we turn on the light and change the world is there anybody here that's gonna wait but while you wait you're about to change the world for the glory of jesus that's what we do that's what we do as a church i just laid out our eschatology and our missiology i laid it out is jesus coming yes But while we wait, what are we going to do? Freak out? Hide? Post every single day on how everything is going to hell? No, we just, the entire list I just gave you. That's what we do. Look at your neighbor and tell them, that's what we do, boo. (laughs) Now I am asked, you know, not just by Christian media, but even on secular platforms that we have the privilege by the grace of God to appear on, we're asked, but you all believe that you really believe, Pastor Sam, that, that, that Christ is coming? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Let me give you something. September 2nd, 2020, NASA. This is NASA. This is not the Christian Post, God TV, TVN, or Daystar. This is NASA. The moon is rusting, and researchers want to know why. This is NASA. We just landed on the moon with a, with a satellite again, 50 years post-facto. We just did that, we're, we're, there's a mission to the moon and then a mission subsequently to Mars. But the moon is rusting. Now, for, for everyone here who failed science in high school, lift up your hand. <laughs> for everyone here who failed science and a bunch of other subject matters, lift up both hands. <laughs> So the story, if you read it, for there to be rust, you need oxygen and you need water. Two things that are absent on the moon. Hence, here are scientists looking at the moon going like, you shouldn't be rusting because you need oxygen and you need water and you have neither. Now, how in the world can you be rusting at the alarming rate that you're rusting? First of all, you shouldn't be rusting. And boy, are you ever rusting. Scientists have found the presence, I'm reading from the article of hematite, an iron oxidized mineral, as you and I would know it, as rust. Somebody say hematite. The name hematite, I am now reading from Wikipedia, again, no Christian website. The name hematite is derived from the Greek word for blood. <clears throat> All right, I want to do this one more time. The name hematite is derived from the Greek word for blood. The color of hematite is known as a pigment, blah, blah, blah. The French, the ancient Greek, blood red stone. Why is it important and why should we care? Pastor Sam, why are you talking about the coming of the Lord? Why are you talking about what should we? Because we're reading the Gospel of John, by the way. We could get John. And John chapter two and John chapter three both talk about a wedding. So I can't help myself but to cross reference the fact that right now, The moon is rusting. That's one of many signs. And why should we care? Because of Joel 2.31. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Hematite. The word there is hematite. Y'all missed it. Joel says… Before the great and terrible day of the Lord, great for those that accepted Him, terrible for those that rejected Him, before the day of the Lord's return, the moon will all of will begin to turn into hematite, into blood. Acts chapter two, verse twenty: The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon shall be turned into hematite before the great and notable day of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to instill fear, but rather to ignite your faith. I need you to get ready. Jesus is coming. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus is coming. No joke, no hype, no conspiracy theory. Is the church ready for the coming of the Lord? Is your family ready for the coming of the Lord? If you believe he's coming and this ignites faith, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Somebody prays like you believe he's coming. Somebody worship like you know he's coming. Somebody rejoice like you know. The Bible talks about the coming of the Lord culminating in a wedding. Culminating in a wedding. Isaiah 54, verse 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth. There's a wedding about to take place. A wedding's about to take place. The wedding's about to take place. Invitations have been forwarded. Y'all need to get, that's why when everybody gets wrapped up in the cycle again, am I, is Pastor Sam on this stage saying he's coming tomorrow? No. Can he come tomorrow? Sure. Am I saying he's coming like, you know, September the 29th, it happens to be my birthday. Um, no. But what I'm saying is he's coming and we need to be aware that he's coming. And there are physical signs indicative of the fact that everything is lighting up according to Scripture. What are the chances that in your generation, the moon does what it's never done before, that Joel chapter 2 lays out prophetically that will take place? That's one of many signs. The Euphrates River is drying up. That's one of many signs. The biggest sign is 2 Timothy chapter 3. In the last days, people will leave their natural desires. In the last days, there will be confusion about their sexuality, about what they do sexually. (laughs) In the last days, people will become lovers of themselves. They will worship themselves. In the last days, there will be wars and rumors of wars, famine, poverty, climate change. All of that is laid out in the Bible. What should that provoke Christians to do? We need to start in the name of Jesus, telling the whole world to get ready, there is a wedding ceremony around the corner. Are you with me right now? Invitations have been forwarded for the wedding. They have been given out, forwarded. If you've accepted your invitation for that wedding, lift up your right hand. If you've said yes, you're coming. And you should be asking, is it me and plus one? Is it me and one? Is you and as many you can possibly reach for the glory of Jesus. How many believe it's you and your household? Acts 16, 31. Invitations happen. Forward it. It's actually you. What you need to know about the wedding, I'm going to lay this out real quick. Number one, real quick. Wedding invitations are out. And I'll read it to you. You know this, John three sixteen. For God so that he gave that whoever believes in him should not perish but have that's your wedding invitation there it is for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved romans 10 13 whoever whosoever calls upon the name of the lord shall be shall be revelation 19 9 and the angel said to me write this blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb these are the true words of god you have been invited tell your neighbor you've been invited you are invited how many how many have already rsvp no 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 i'm gonna ask one more time how many have already rsvp how many responded and said yep yeah, i'm all in Every time you praise, you are declaring you're all in. Every time you worship, every time you pray, every time you come to church, every time you do your devotionals, every time you're in your home, every time you witness, you are declaring you're all in. RSVP, you're going. And don't doubt that. Don't walk around doubting your salvation. We don't 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 let anyone take, oh Pastor Sam, but yesterday I I hit I I hit my toe on the chair and a word came out of me that Jesus didn't like. Did I lose my salvation? You lost your temper. But you didn't lose your salvation. Stop being silly. Stop putting the blood of Jesus and condescending, speaking to it in such a way that you think that all of our stupidities have the power to cancel the blood of Jesus. Are you kidding me? Are you with me right now? The majority of Christians, some not the, a good number of the majority be destroyed. Well, no, in the Pentecostal charismatic experience, live with this constant thing of did I lose it? Did I lose it? You're losing your time. Because if you're truly saved, you are in the grip and in the grasp of God. John chapter 10, <laughs> verse 28 and 29. And we go from glory to glory and get over your little cursing thing you have going there, going on there. There it is. Wedding attire. Number two is wedding attire. And I'm going to read it. We have your wedding invitation and now your wedding attire. And hence this. This is your wedding attire. I love that. Ephesians 5. I'm going to read the entire passage. Verse 25, 27. Husband, love your wives. Any questions, husbands? There it is. There it is. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. That he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Wow. So the groom, the bridegroom, like Jesus doesn't need any help. He, he, you know, I, if you're going to ask me a deep theological question about will Jesus be wearing like Louis Vuitton, Armani, I know which one because he's probably Hugo Boss because he's the boss. But no, this, he, no issues with the groom, but this, he talks about the bride. This represents the church. And the, the church has a wedding dress already purchased through the finished work of Christ. That's what the Bible lays out. The thing is that, that Paul, fit of the Holy Spirit, is saying about the wedding. You, you need to make sure that there are no what? We read it. No what? So let's talk about the spots and the blemishes and they, they do it with the wrinkles last. The spots and the blemishes is when, when the bride... Because the bride is still on earth, and the earth is dirty, and the bride has to keep herself clean while living on earth, and the problem is that the moment the church begins to pick up the stains and the blemishes of the world, the moment we pick up the things that are from the world, the moment we conform to the world. The moment we permit ourselves to be corrupted by the world, the moment we look like the world, the moment we talk like the world, the moment we think like the world, the moment we do things like the world, we pick up blemishes and stains. And the church needs to be a holy church without stains and blemishes. I told you on my video that, that I was going to preach a different message today. I need you to be listen to me carefully. As a church, we cannot permit the ideology, the the, the the sin, the dirtiness of the world to contaminate the church and continue to call it church. I'm going to get in trouble now, and I get that, and I respect that, but I'm not doing it to get in trouble. I'm here doing it to preach the word. The things the Bible says from the stage and from the pews, we cannot permit what the world tolerates. We cannot just blank go, it's okay because we're that. No. We need to be separate. The church has to be holy. The church needs to be different. Am I preaching to anyone on a Sunday morning? We need to be a countercultural narrative. So, Are you with me right now? So we need preachers and pastors and Christians to look like the Bible lays out, what holiness looks like, to talk and to walk and to breathe and lay out. We are not to be corrupted by this world. We are... And you know what I'm talking about. Raise your hands. Without blemish, I want to read this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good? Romans 12, 2, James 1 27. Religion, true religion, is what? To visit the orphan and the widow and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Ha ha! My gosh. In the name of Jesus, in the state of California and around the world, let a holy church rise up, let a righteous church rise up. Let a church without wrinkles or blemishes or stains rise up. We're going to change the world the moment we act like the church. We want the world to love us. I don't need the world to love us. Jesus already loved me for everything I need. I don't need the world to accept me. We need to be a counter-cultural narrative that speaks truth with love to a broken world. I'm, I'm a prophesy now. In the state of California, we are about to see the emergence of a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring church that will not be ashamed of preaching truth with love in the name of Jesus. Are you ready for that church to rise up We get stained when we become too enamored when we sell out. When we sell out, we sell out our faith for followers. Yeah. We sell out biblical truth for likes. Yeah. We we compromise our integrity in order to have influence. I told you it was going to be different. That's not the part that gets me, though. Cause that's kind of easy, right, Pastor? But like stains, you could tell. Like, all right, somebody, you know, you, 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 I mean, you get it. You're walking around something. You're, you're. Con- my, I have a beautiful, unbelievable, unbelievable woman. Ooh. I call my wife. Wow. Yeah. I've said I met her when I was 11. We started dating when I was 14, which was properly inappropriate. Um, got married when I was 19 that's back in the 80s just don't ask Just young stuff we used to do back then different generation and but my wife has this tendency she could tell you she's right there I don't know of any many very few where we go out for dinner or lunch if she ever wears white she has an anointing to always spill something am I right am I making this up and by the way, this is not scripted. She had no idea I was going to say this. So, and, and, and so you, you get stained, Pastor Armando, if, if you're consuming things that have the potential of staining you. I, I, I'm going to preach tomorrow morning and get this. Are you following what I'm saying? You shouldn't have that in your table in the first place. Because it spills and it's going to do this. We're talking metaphorically, spiritually, morally. But that's not the part that gets me. The part that gets me is the wrinkles. You could be stain-free and still have wrinkles. Do you know how you get wrinkles? If I wear a suit right now, a nice expensive suit, and I'm walking around and I've done it. I'm in D.C. or whatever. I'm in Hollywood or New York, whatever it is and I'm walking around in my suit. That suit doesn't get wrinkled because I'm mobile. That suit just boom, you boom. But the moment, the moment I sit down and I'm there for a while where there were no wrinkles, there are now what? The wrinkled church is the lazy church. The wrinkled church is the church with a spirit of entitlement. The wrinkled church is a church that is just waiting for Jesus to come back and in the meanwhile we need a church without blemishes, without stains and without wrinkles. We need a church that will be on their feet, that will be prophesied, that will be laying hands on the sick, taking care of those that are broken. Is there a whole righteous unwrinkled church in sacramento on a sunday morning somebody shout no more wrinkles no more wrinkles wrinkles. stand up with me you're standing listen no more wrinkles in your faith no more wrinkles in your heart no more wrinkles in your relationships you may say my relationship It's staying free, yeah, but is it full of wrinkles? There's no activity, no measurable outcome, no production coming out of you. Why do we do it while we wait? Let a church arise. Let a church arise. Let the church arise. Let the church of Jesus Christ rise up and say, come, Lord Jesus, come. We're ready. No stains, no wrinkles. Somebody shout like you're about to see the glory of 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, stand up, stand firm. Ephesians 6, 13, put on the armor of God. When the evil day comes, you will be able to defend yourself. When the battle is over, you will be standing firm. No stains, no wrinkles. There's a wedding coming. What do we do in the meantime? Jesus is coming. In the meantime, you're on this planet. Is he coming soon? Yes. What do we do in the meantime? Everything we just laid out no stains, no wrinkles, make sure there's nothing. This is the collective church, the ecclesia, but that you're part of the church. That's Paul, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, love and the gifts and the portions, Ephesians four and five. We're part of the church. So your job, my job is to make sure there are no stains and wrinkles in my life, in my family, in your generation, the wedding menu. God saves the best for last. John chapter 2, Jesus went his first miracle to a wedding. And you know the story. We, t- we preached about it in November. And if you weren't here, go to, go to Podbean and iTunes and all that, Spotify, and get our, down, you can listen to the message. But then at the end, the part we never touched was Jesus said, yeah, yeah, you know, the, he, he, the, the good one. They saved the best for last. You've kept the best until now. John 2.10. He created men and women last. Genesis 5-2. He saves the best for last. David was selected last. 1 Samuel 16-12. Matthew 12-16. The first shall be last and the last shall be. Jesus said the bridegroom saves the best wine for last. Wine is a symbolic symbol of the Holy Spirit. He saves the best outpouring for last. He saves the best revival for last. He saves the best harvest for last. Joel two twenty eight Acts two seventeen, In the last days I will... My, upon all flesh. So if we are in the last days, if we are, and I truly believe we are, if we are living in the last days, again, this is not fear-mongering. This is one of those, oh, this is the opposite of fear-mongering. This is healthy eschatology and missiology. He's coming. In the meantime, we're about to kick devil butt and take back everything that he stole from us. We're going to do this. We're not, we're not gonna sit down and wrinkle our stuff. We're gonna be active in the faith, and, which means the best days for you and your family are still ahead of you, raise your hand. The best chapter of your life has yet to be written. The best season for you and your family has yet to be made manifest. You haven't seen anything yet because the God you serve serves the best for last. If you believe that, raise both hands. Revelation 22.17, the spirit and the bride say, and let the one who hears say, that's you. This is God's word. Get ready for the wedding. Get ready. Get your heart, mind, and soul ready. Get your family ready. Get your generation ready. Always remember that he saves the best for last. If you receive this entire message, give him the best I R S B P would praise Somebody praise like you RSVP'd Come on Somebody shout like your entire family will be saved